Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. How the hell are you? Ah, fabulous. Good. Happy hump day, everybody. Today is Wednesday, the 18th of August. It is another edition of After 9, and there's a lot to get to today. So we're going to jump right into it here by talking about your holes the donut holes at, uh, well, what do they do with all the, the donuts? What, where's the middle? Where is it? In the U.S., they've convinced Americans, and I'm not entirely surprised by this, that the donut holes mm-hmm. can be made into something else, little balls that we in Canada affectionately call Timbits. Yeah. In America, they call them donut holes, and I guess McDonald's, who really wants to put all of their competitors out of business. I mean, they've got the coffee that's great. And it competes with Tim Hortons here in Canada. In America, it competes with Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' sells donut holes. Canada sells Timbits. And McDonald's says, fuck you guys. We're jumping in on this donut hole action, too. They're introducing their own starting September the 1st. Timbits at McDonald's. (laughs) But it's not Timbits. They're not Timbits, no. I mean... Uh, it, it's kind of like a jacuzzi. Uh, every hot tub is a, or every jacuzzi is a hot tub, but not all hot tubs are jacuzzis. Right. It's like tissues. All Kleenex. Kleenex are tissues, yeah. but not all tissues are Kleenex. Q-tips. There's Q-tips. another one. I mean, we could do, a, the, <laughs> we do this a brand all day, name, right? Not the name of the product. No. Okay. So I like, there's a new, this is a, a little bit different though. I mean, there's a different design to this because it's not like you can just roll up and buy one, you know. Uh, McBall, uh, you can't do that. Is that what you want to call it? McBalls? Yeah, I'm going with McBalls. I like it. How many McBalls can you fit in your mouth at once? <laughs> <laughs> you just lay on your back and eat them. <laughs> um, with these, it is pull apart, kind of like a. Uh, I don't know what would it be like. It's like what a flower. It, it honestly, it looks like a flower, and you just pull apart the petals, and that's basically what it is to leave a center, and you can eat that part too. If you've ever gone to Tim's and had your uh, Timbits stuck together, it'd be the same concept. You get seven of them in one order, seven Timbits, which is probably a good amount, right? Maybe a little more than you should eat in one sitting, but it's still fine. They will be on sale, like I said, starting September the 1st, in an effort to make the Cafe more competitive with their competitors. But there's no name released, and that leaves it up for interpretation. They are balls. They are. You could call them McBalls. The fla- it's like a shape of a flower. Flower balls. Flower but- <laughs> balls. <laughs> McBalls is just my favorite, but they'll never do it, which is just horseshit. They can't call them McMini donuts. That's too wordy. McMini. Yeah, no. No, they can't. McD's? Could you could you, could they call them McD's? You'd go to McD's to get some McD's? <laughs> that would be so confusing for the person at the at the window. Uh, can I get some McD's? Yeah, isn't that why you pulled up, you fucking moron? What would you like <laughs> from McD's? Because I just call it McD's or McDick's is actually what I usually call it is McDick's. Mm-hmm. So I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I Have you heard much about their donuts that they have in place now? Are they that good that they figure this is a good idea to, to add to their l- line of donuts now? You know, I haven't actually tried them. That's one of the few things I haven't tried. But I have talked to people who have, and they say as far as donuts go, they're a little bit more American-inspired. The donuts that we get here typically in Canada, I feel like are very mass-produced and and uh, 
they don't do it for me. I mean, I'm sorry, but the donuts at Tim's, they're not my favorite. They don't taste fresh. There's nothing unique about them. But when you go to an actual bakery or a place like that, you get fresher tasting donuts. Hmm. Okay, fine. Apparently, when it comes to the McDonald's, Donut Hole, Timbit, McDicks things, they are, <laughs> you can make balls at McDicks. <laughs> that one just occurred to me, too. Uh, these, according to one of the people who have tried them, are like a sweeter version of Krispy Kreme. <laughs> sweeter than Krispy Kreme. What? Is that even possible? Well, they're just glazed, and it's a similar glaze to the one they use at Krispy Kreme. They just figured out a way to make it more sweet. Oh, my I God. I can't even fucking imagine that. No, no. See, that, like, I mean, whatever. It's not necessarily geared toward me. I'm not interested in it at all. Like, not at all. But there will be people that will definitely try that. If you want to see the McDonald's new Timbit offering, you can go to scottandcat.ca. They look interesting. Uh, do people in your house settle into the exact same spot when they're watching TV or when they're sitting at the kitchen table? Does everybody have a spot in your home or is it a free for all? Kitchen table, mostly um, everybody has a spot, but we're not really hardcore about it. Honestly, if one of us gets there first, they get the spot and it's fine. Nobody really makes a big deal of it. Two thirds say they have an unofficial assigned spot in their home that they sit. Right. And most of those people say they're very passionate about their spot. 55% would feel uncomfortable in their own home sitting anywhere other than their typical spot. I get the feeling. Okay. I totally okay. understand. Yeah. I sit at the same place at the table. I sit in the same spot on the couch, same spot in uh, my office. It's just the way it works. We all have a spot. Are you so hardcore about it, though, that let's say you have a guest over. Let's say I, you invite me over to dinner, and I sit in your spot. Is your spot that crucial and critical to you that you will ask a guest to move to another spot? Okay, so I'm not going full-blown like Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory where you're in my spot. I'm not doing that, but I get why people would feel weird. Imagine if you always sit at the head of the table. Then you move because maybe your dad's coming over. Yeah. That's a weird feeling to sit. It's the exact same table, exact same room, still in your home. But you feel weird when you're not in the spot that you're used Mm -hmm. to sitting in. There's a lot of people that have chairs, right, that have their chairs. And, you know, there's a – it could be a lazy boy. It could be a rocking chair. It could be anything. But there are people who have chairs. And you know – growing up not to sit in it. Like, my mom had a chair. Everybody knew it was her chair. And my dad, too. But my dad was a little more, like, he didn't care. Where it was like, I feel like I would never, ever attempt to sit in my mom's chair. One of the casualties coming out of the pandemic is there's a lot of industries that can't fill all of the job openings that they have. One of the areas that they're having trouble filling, particularly in America, is school bus drivers. They're having a really hard time attracting people that want to drive a bus. In Pittsburgh, they're short 400 of them. So, America's getting creative, Cat. In some areas, they're offering up to a $2,000 bonus if you sign up to become a school bus driver. That's an easy way to make some good money, right? Wow, not too shabby. However, one school in Wilmington is doing something different. And I'm curious to know what you would do, because you do have a little one going to school in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Rather than pay 
to get the kids bus to school and paying that great expense, they're going to pay the parents to drive their own kids to school. <laughs> okay, that's a way to do it. If you're eligible for a bus and you agree mm-hmm. to take yourself out of the pool, they'll pay you $700 to drive your kid to school every day for the whole school year. Wow. I don't hate that, actually, because I feel like there are going to be some parents out there that do have their kids bust, but it's not necessarily because it fits their schedule. It just it's convenient, right? Uh, yeah, the bus stop is down the street, kid. Go walk there. I, I'd rather not drive you if you have that option. But now you wave a little bit of money at them. They're probably going, OK, I could add that to my routine. If you give me the money. That's not a bad idea. Sure. And you know what? I mean, for some people, there's no reason they can't. It's just the bus comes and they just assume that that's the way it's supposed to be. It doesn't necessarily have to be that way. And when you can make 700 bucks just to drive your kid a couple of blocks to school in the morning, it's not necessarily the worst option. I think I would probably take the 700 bucks. They estimate that before COVID, 44% of kids were bused to school. That has already dropped to 38%. And they anticipate that will keep going down Mm. unfortunately though i don't know if the 700 would cover all the gas because the prices are so fucking high right now gas dropped two cents a liter at midnight it's bizarre to me to see people actually excited to pay a dollar 38 a liter i know that is so sad it's so brutal right now though so brutal what is going on and why is nobody talking to our federal leaders about that You know, the media is just a joke sometimes. I hear these questions that they're asking Aaron O'Toole and Justin Trudeau and Jugmeet Singh, and the list goes on and on and on. It's all the same old crap. They're playing gotcha with shit. Why don't you ask these leaders questions that actually affect regular people? Why are gas prices so high, and what are you going to do about it? Because I think there's some voters out there who might like to know what they're going to do about it. Can Mm -hmm. we cap it? Can we, when the prices are this high, dial back the excise tax just a little bit? There must be something Something. we can do to make it a little more affordable. And if it truly does just come down to the carbon tax, then let's put the carbon tax back on the table. We're having an election anyway. Let's discuss this shit. $1.38 a liter is not affordable for the vast majority of people. It's it's fucked up. It's unreal. Yeah. Speaking of the election campaign... I'm actually really surprised because I like Dan Kelly a lot. He is the head of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. And I don't know, maybe he's a a liberal in disguise, but he seems to be pouring cold water on Aaron O'Toole's idea. Aaron O'Toole and the Conservatives had proposed that in December, Canadians get a GST holiday. Across Canada, we have most provinces have HST, the harmonized sales tax. It's 13%. It's a combination of the provincial tax and the federal tax on every purchase. You pay that 13%. Well, in the month of December, the conservatives, in an effort to try and get people out shopping and save them some money when they need to over the holidays, would take off the GST. It would come off almost everything for in-store purchases only. This isn't going to, this isn't a big payday for Amazon and companies like that. It's specifically if you go into a store, you save the GST on every purchase. Hmm. I think it's a neat idea. It's creative to try and get people out shopping. But Dan Kelly says, nah, 
it's too gimmicky. Yeah. Yeah, it is gimmicky. It'll shift sales from November to December, he says. And he's probably right about that. He also points out it's a pain in the ass for businesses to have to reprogram their point-of-sale payment machines and cash registers. I do see that, but who doesn't want to pay a little less tax? Mm-hmm. I, Even if it is for a month. Yeah. I Okay, so I like I like the idea of it. When I heard it, I thought, okay, that's cool. Definitely gimmicky. No doubt about it. But then I try to, I don't know, I try to always look at it as, would that work as a strategy, as like a campaign um, point to put out there, right? For people who aren't really that invested. And there are some people who will vote, but they're not really that invested on every platform. And they're like, I don't know yet. Maybe they haven't made up their mind. And they see something like that. I don't know. I feel like some people would jump on that, even though it's silly. Like, to me, it's so silly because you can't even guarantee that the people who are selling these products, let's say, don't jack up the price a little bit just to make up for it because you're going to think you're getting a deal and you're not. I feel like there's so many ways that this won't actually work out to our benefit as consumers. I just feel like it's a good step in the right direction. They have spent our money like fucking reckless maniacs for over a year now. The fact that we could actually catch a bit of a break, it kind of excites me a little bit. And I mean, when you're buying, I don't know, shoes or a little Christmas gift, it's only 5%, but 5% is 5% and that adds up. But if you're going out to buy a new car, for example, that's a really substantial savings to save the GST mm. on big ticket items like that. A boxing Day, a lot of people go out shopping for TVs and appliances. Save the GST on that. That would be pretty fucking good, wouldn't it? I don't know. I'm still waiting for the platform of a four-day work week. Like, let's fucking go with that. I'd rather that. I'm waiting on that. Bring that that's, on. That's a great example. Why are we not asking the leaders questions like that? Yes. When is somebody going to ask one of the leaders, hey, the election's on September the 20th. One of the first things to happen after you get elected, if you are, would be Halloween, which is inconvenient as shit again this year on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. Are we going to have a conversation about making Halloween the last Saturday of October? Like, let's get to some real relevant shit. And you know what? You can ask these questions. You don't need to rely on some of these losers that are traveling around with the federal leaders. There's candidates going door to door, knocking away. Hey, would you like to meet the candidate? I would like to meet the candidate, actually, because I'd like to ask you some fucking questions. Me too. Can I just, I I thought the same thing when I started to see signs pop up, which started to happen this week everywhere, right? You're seeing the signs Mm. for your local leaders, blah, 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 blah. Go ahead and knock on my door. I hope they don't skip out on that because I I do have questions for you. Like, what are you going to do for me? Where do you stand on this, 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 and that? Like, yeah, I agree with you. I'm ready to ask some questions. Let's talk quickly about vaccinations here because it is obviously a contentious subject for many. And now Doug Ford, who I think tried to make it clear that vaccines are a choice and he does encourage everyone to get vaccinated. He himself is vaccinated. But he doesn't want to mandate it, and he doesn't want to have to have a split society, as Doug called it, by introducing proof of vaccination. Well, yesterday, the Doug government made it very clear that if you work in healthcare or education, you have to be vaccinated. Mandatory. But it's not really mandatory. You have to, or you're going to be, they're just going to make life of hell for you. 
you're going to have to get tested like every day when you walk right. into school with a rapid test. Right. Uh, I don't know how many swabs you want up your nose, but you're going to have to do shit like that in order to get into work. It's kind of a passport, but an inconvenient version of one. Mm-hmm. You don't have the vaccine, but you still got to get a swab every fucking day. Yeah, what are the long-term effects of having that jabbed up your face every day for a long period of time? I mean, I'm, just, I I'm not saying there's anything negative to it. I'm just saying I don't know. Well, uh, Doug is now requiring all members of his caucus at Queen's Park to be vaccinated. You have to be vaccinated by tomorrow. Mm. And if you're not, you'll be kicked out of the Progressive Conservative Caucus. Wow. Interesting stance to take. I'm actually surprised mm-hmm. he did it. I'm just wondering, though, how can you do the whole we don't want to split society thing and that's why we're not going to introduce a secure form of COVID receipt and and we're not going to force anybody to get vaccinated. But if you're one of my people, you're getting forced to get vaccinated. Yeah, I, that's a great question. And uh, also for those wondering, apparently there are a couple of MPPs who are not yet vaxxed, at least, or probably are going to be doing that today if they're not, unless they want to put up a fight. As I understand it, there's two PC conservative MPPs that have not been vaccinated, yeah. or maybe they have and we just don't know yet. It's also possible that... Um, Doug doesn't know. He's just going on the assumption that they haven't had a shot because there was no picture on their Twitter or Instagram. I don't know. And by the way, how do those MPPs go up to Doug and flash their vaccination? Is he going to take their word for it? Because those receipts that they that you can print out from the Ontario portal are not secure. Right, we still can Photoshop the shit out of those. That's right. And we still haven't come up with that formal. And maybe he's waiting for it to be a federal thing a, a, over a provincial thing. I don't know. But uh, we still have not have any any concrete example of what that I'm going to use the term vaccine passport, although we know that it probably won't end up being called that. But we're waiting on what that looks like, what that's supposed to be and how we do present that to our employers. If we're working for MLSE, for example, you know, oh, that's going to be shitty. I suppose if we do finally get a system and the federal government says they'll step in and finally do what Doug won't, they'll give you a means of confirming securely that you are vaccinated. That's going to be out next month and you're going to need it to get into a Toronto FC game, a Leaf game, Raptors game, Marley's game. Just about every concert that comes to Toronto is put on by Live Nation and most of them are at MLSE facilities. You're going to, between the two of them, have to show your proof of vaccination before you can go anywhere. Or the alternative is you can get a negative test. What's not clear, though, is if I can just go get tested like today for a concert that's on Friday, or do I have to take a rapid test right there and stand around for 15 minutes waiting for the results? Right. It's already a bitch to get into Rogers Center or Scotiabank Arena or Budweiser Stage at the best of times. There's a lot of people. You got to stand around and whip out your your proof of vaccination or take a rapid test. It's going to be a gong show trying to get into some of these events, I would think. Don't you? Yes, I do. I agree. It will be. And it's going to be one of those things you're going to have to prepare for because that is your ticket in. You've got two tickets in. <laughs> you've got the ticket where you paid for the concert and then you've got either proof of vax or or test. And you have to kind of pay that extra price right now if you want to enjoy yourself at those shows. I don't know. It's good. It, didn't we all figure this was going to be the case? I did. I figured. We said it weeks ago. And it's to, coming. To me, I weigh the uh, the question in front of myself. 
front of my face if I want to go to that concert badly enough to probably have to wait in line for a long period of time waiting to show my proof of vaccination or whatever that might look like. Do, is it worth it? So ask yourself that before you do go attending these concerts, because you're absolutely right, Scott. Yes, there will be a wait. Yes, there's going to be a long lineup, I guess, on the way in. Maybe they're going to have an option where, and this is where it might get tricky, but maybe they're going to have an option where you can do that in advance, where you can do proof of vax in advance and you can fast pass. Ooh, a fast pass. That sounds fast? like an upcharge to me. It's, it <laughs> might be. You may have to, let's say, pay a fee uh, and and go somewhere or do something in order to prove it in advance, so that you can just kind of like show up and waltz your way in like you used to back in the back in the day, right? I, I feel like there is a compromise here because I do truly believe that nobody should be forced to get a vaccine. I also don't think it's your right to go to a I don't know a Olivia Rodrigo concert, but. Whatever. I mean, if we're not forcing people to get vaccinations, we just have to offer an alternative for those who are unvaxxed. Then why can't they just make it expensive? I.e., if you're not vaccinated, you can go and sit in the upper bowl. Or if you're not vaccinated, hey, there's all those private boxes there. Mm -hmm. The boxes are nice. And I mean, there's they've got their own entrances. They've got people that come right there to drop off your food and drinks. It's really good. But it's expensive. Yeah. Would that be reasonable? I personally wouldn't have a problem uh, being in the 100 level, watching a concert, knowing that there are unvaccinated people upstairs in the boxes. I don't have a problem with that. Would that work? Or do we have to put everybody through all these rapid tests? I don't. Because that's going to get really fucking expensive eventually. And I'm sure that they're going to start building the price of all that testing into the cost of tickets, which is already expensive. That's exactly it. So, yes, you nailed exactly what I was going to say. You basically said there with the additional price. That's going to be built into your ticket. It is the new cost of seeing a concert. You're going to have to show the proof, do the test. If that's depending on what your situation is, you're going to have to pay the money in order for those tests to happen. Let's not forget the extra layer here. And no, by the way, to answer your question, I also do not think that they would allow unvaxxed to be up in the private boxes if they want. That's basically saying like that's basically saying you have to be rich in order to receive this privilege, you know, because it's boxes are expensive. They're not cheap. And then basically you're telling all the people who can't quite afford that you got to take a test and shove something up your nose. You know, I don't know. I don't see that being being fair. The other thing is because there's a whole other layer to this when we're talking about concerts and events. There are artists who will not perform unless they have a fully vaxxed crowd. Let's not forget it's not just on the venue. And the venue for teams is one thing. Like when we talk MLSE, great, fine. Everyone's all in agreement there. It's not like a player can say, I refuse to play. Then the NBA is going to say, okay, don't play, for example. They don't care. But when it comes to artists, there are artists who have already said that they will not play in front of a crowd if someone is not vaxxed. Hmm. So there's a, there's a couple of layers to it. And then how does the, then how does the stadium go? Okay, well... Better make sure that instead of any tests being done, we only have proof of vax and you have to be vaxxed for this concert. And it becomes vax concerts or, you know, or a mix of both. I don't know. It's just going to get it's going to get tricky and weird. That's why I'm just avoiding them. In my mind, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to any of those events or concerts for the next this is little the while. excuse I've been waiting for. Yeah. Well, I, I, oh, fuck, I'd love to go when I never want to go. Hot take. I, never, I actually like dislike go. concerts. I dislike large crowds. I mm-hmm. festivals I find okay because it, they're pretty spaced out and everyone's in a good mood. And that's why I don't mind well cuz they're probably high. But everyone's mostly in a good mood for those festivals, so I like them. 
I don't love concerts. It's not like I hear like a decent artist is coming. I'm like, gotta buy tickets, gotta go. No, because I'm next to someone standing closely next to someone who I don't know. I don't like the the, the price point of everything. It, it, traffic is usually a fucking nightmare because I'm going downtown Toronto. You know what? I'd rather not. I'd rather not. And I've also been to so many events doing what we do for a living. We've had opportunities and great VIP experiences. So I understand how this makes me sound super privileged. But once you get backstage and you do all that stuff, I don't want to buy a regular fucking ticket to a concert. Like, I know that's I know I understand how that sounds. But do you agree with me on any level on that? Because you and yeah. I have been VIP in a lot of stage. I was be- literally behind Calvin Harris while he was DJing a festival once, literally standing behind him in the box. You like, could touch him. Yeah. So for me, I don't like I go to a concert now and it's not that nothing can ever, ever live up to that unless it's an artist that I that's on my bucket list. And honestly, maybe there's two, three tops that I would even care to go that far. But I know there's people listening that completely disagree, that love going to shows, and they'll put up with whatever they have to put up with in order to get themselves in the door. Yeah, when it comes to concerts, I only actually go out of my way to see the legends. I've seen Phil Collins twice. Nice. Last year I saw, uh, or sorry, the year before, I guess. (laughs) Forget about last year. (laughs) Uh, Elton John. You know, I mean, if, uh, if Bruce Springsteen does a show or if Billy Joel does a show, yeah, I'm going to fucking go because that to me is a true rock star that has stood the test of time. Some of the greatest songs of all time belong to them. That I might go out of my way to see. Plus, I feel like it's a much more chill atmosphere. The thought of going to a Drake concert gives me anxiety. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. fucking do that. Why would I? Right. Uh, oh, who's the hot singer right now? Is it Cardi B, Lizzo, Olivia Rodrigo? No, not a fucking chance am I going to these shows. I have zero interest in going to any of those concerts. And maybe I am spoiled. I mean, for the last 20 years, I've gone to just about any concert I want to. And I've turned down more than I've gone to just because I'm not interested anymore. It doesn't seem exciting to me. I'd much rather go for a nice dinner and listen to their songs on the way. Yeah. Than actually see them in concert. I don't think it makes a big difference. But yeah, like you said, and me too, I get how that sounds. It's a very privileged thing to say. But for what it's worth, in radio, you don't get anything for free anymore. Yeah, that's, that's the only nice thing. We probably won't even have that anymore. Think about it. They're not going to no. do that now, ever again. <laughs> they used to uh, say, hey, if you could give a couple of extra mentions to the fact that, I don't know, Bon Jovi is playing five shows in a row at Scotiabank Arena, we'll throw you a pair of tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, maybe there was a time when that was an appealing offer. Now it's kind of like, mm, no, sorry, I'm not interested. I don't yeah. want to go. And they don't do that anymore anyway. Uh, a couple other things to squeeze in here before we are done. Do you feel at all bad for this guy from London who rented a Lamborghini and then got caught stunt driving in Brampton? Car got impounded, and they've doubled the amount of time the car is impounded, by the way, now. What is it, two weeks it's impounded, or is oh, it a month? I, good question. I don't know. Anyway, you do have to pay for a rental car while it's impounded because it's your fault that it's impounded. And the cops don't care if it's a rental or if it's yours. They're impounding whatever you were driving. Mm -hmm. So because of the cost of renting a Lamborghini, $18,000 this fucking loser's got to pay. Eighteen grand is the rental cost. (laughs) And that's on top of the fines and the legal fees and the victim surcharges and the court costs and all that shit. All in, this is going to cost this guy well over $35,000. 
because he decided it was a good idea to drive 121 in a 60. Yeah. I d- okay, so to answer your question, no, I actually don't feel bad for him at all. I feel like if you rent a Lamborghini, you're doing it because you want to go and drive fast. Yes. You're not renting a Lamborghini and doing the limit. Let's put it that way. No. And the the rental place, this is probably not even the first time this has happened. If you're renting out Lamborghinis, which, by the way, what rental place does that? That's yeah. a special one I've never heard of. But you, when you hand over the keys to someone and you've got a Lamborghini that you're that you're renting out, I would assume that you go through some pretty like rigorous, I don't know, research into the, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't give a shit. You just want the money. And if they get into an accident, there's insurance and you don't really care. But if you're renting out a Lambo, you're absolutely right. That person was bound to speed in it and show off, I guess. I don't know. That's the other thing with the rentals of the Lamborghinis. Were they going to pretend it was theirs, even though it's a rental? What were they renting it for? That's why I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel that bad for the person. And it's right there in the contracts. I mean, it doesn't matter if you go to Enterprise, rent a car, or Lamborghini Plus, or whatever the fuck this guy went to. If you get in any trouble in that car, it's on you. You are the driver. So I don't feel bad. We all know how airlines work. They say, oh, we'll, we'll offer you a base price that's very, very low to travel across the country. But if you want any extras at all, you'll pay for them. Ooh, want to check a bag? $55. Want to bring a carry-on? That'll be $35. Want some nuts and a pop? $20. You know, they add on and charge you for fucking everything. One of the airlines even charges you if you have to call customer service instead of using the website. Oh, my God. So, this seems like an opportunity to the hotel industry. The Wall Street Journal's got a great article today about hotels that are now considering the a la carte model. The theory is, is that that room that you can rent for, say, 160 bucks a night, maybe you could actually rent that room for 100 bucks a night. But, want to check in early? Eh, that'll be 25 bucks. Want to check out late? 25 bucks. Want to use the pool? $15. Want to use the gym? $20. Want to use the business center? $20 an hour. Mm. Would you do it? Would you take the cheaper room and then have to pay for everything under the sun? Or would you just do the full all-in package? Uh, by the way, you would also be charged if you use the soaps and shampoos. Okay. So, okay, I don't hate this because a lot of those amenities in the hotel rooms I don't use. And I'm trying to, I'll think back to my last uh, hotel trip, which wasn't that long ago when I went to Niagara Falls. I didn't touch the shampoo conditioner. I did not use the pool. I didn't have time. I had other shit to see. I'm not there to go to an indoor shitty pool. Like, no thanks. Um, so, okay, that's off my list. I, I didn't even watch TV or anything. I mean, I had, again, I had shit to do. So I feel like I could... I could go a cheaper route, and if I can go a cheaper route like that, I'll take it every single time. If I'm not there for business, because that would be the only thing where I'd go, okay, maybe I'll all in, because maybe I'm in a place that's boring. Sometimes if you have to travel, you're a business person, you go to bumfuck Iowa, and you're like, what am I supposed to do here? So you want those amenities to give you something to do. Fine. For me, yeah, I, I could easily go without that because if I'm traveling, I'm usually there for the destination. I am there to see the sights and experience or experience the culture or whatever it is in that area. So 
I love, I actually love this idea. I love it. Yeah, I think I would probably take advantage of it too. I just wonder about some of the things that they might charge you for. Like, where are we going to draw the line? How nitpicky are we going to be? Oh, did you turn on the television? Well, that'll be $5. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, I'm also skeptical. Oh, you wanted towels? You didn't bring your own towels? All right, well, oh. they're uh, $10 a towel per day. Oh. I would hope not, but I am skeptical about this because if I'm running a hotel and I decide to put this in place, and everybody has the same mindset as you and I, where where we're saying, uh, do I really need to use the pool or want to spend the extra 20 bucks for this and 10 bucks for that and 20 bucks for there? Maybe not. So then how does the hotel reap any benefits of that? Because now all of a sudden I have a pool I'm trying to run and half the guests have opted out, but I still have to pay to run this pool. It's not like it costs me any extra. I still have to maintain the pool. I still have to maintain the gym. I still have to maintain the business center and keep it stocked. And that may be a little bit of a different one because it does take supply. Maybe you use paper or I don't know, whatever. I never use a business center in a hotel, so I can't even tell you what you use. But I'm wondering how the hotel actually could benefit from that. Because I feel like if they're giving people cheaper options, maybe they'd be more well, maybe they'd be more likely to stay and they'd make money there. But otherwise, I don't understand how that actually benefits the hotel. I think the goal is to just get as many guests checked in as possible right. and hope that there's some people who, I don't know, sleep in and then figure, oh, fuck it. I'll just pay the $25 to check out an hour later. Or, oh, you know what? It's 8 a.m. Check-in isn't until 3. I'll just pay the $25 to get the early check-in. I think they're hoping the upcharges are going to work or that it's really hot and that people will pay $25 to swim in a pool that's free to swim in right now. Stupid shit like that. I, I could definitely see it happening. I'm just worried about, like I said, how nitpicky we're going to get with this. Mm-hmm. But, hey, if it saves people money, great. If it gets more people into the hotels, I guess it's good for them. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be an option anyway. Two last things I want to talk about. One is a statement and one is a question. The statement is the media is grossly over-exaggerating things. I was talking to my daughter last night, and I actually phoned her in a panic. She lives in Kelowna, B.C., and I saw a story on the news about how bad the wildfires are in Kelowna, and I was like, what the fuck? I thought it was like Kamloops and Vernon and uh, up near Whistler. I didn't know it was Kelowna. What the hell? So I phoned her right away thinking I'm going to have to form some emergency evacuation plan here, and I'm like, hey, are you okay? And she was like, yeah, why? I said, well, the, the forest fires. Oh, Yeah, there's one a little south of here on the other side of the river, but we're not in any danger here because typically flames don't travel over water. Mm. We're good. Don't worry about it. I was like, come on. They made it seem like Armageddon on the news. (laughs) God damn you, CBC. You freaked me out. They're sensationalizers, right? That's what happens. I did get an on-the-ground account, and, and yeah, there is a forest fire technically in Kelowna, but it's on the other side of the Okanagan River, and it's really not a threat to land right now. But, I mean, we did spend some time yesterday talking about what the options are. If, for whatever reason, the wind picks up and the flames get across and fire starts burning there, what are we going to do? So you tell me what you would do. Most people will get in their car and drive, along a highway to wherever the next safest place is. Mm -hmm. I said, fuck that. Just go right to the airport. Here's my credit card. I gave her my credit card number. I said, go to the airport and get on any plane that's going anywhere and get the fuck out of there. Back that up. You gave her your credit card information? I know. I I wasn't even drunk when I did it. 
I feel I like. Said, well, it's my daughter. I'm concerned. Of and course. I'm like, if there's flames going, get the fuck out of there. I don't care if that plane is going to Vancouver, Halifax, uh, Saskatoon, or Toronto. Just get the fuck out of there. Never <laughs> occurred to me, though, that I didn't specify any Canadian destination. I just said, you get on the first fucking plane you see. Dude, I'd go to Bali. I'd be like, well, daddy said get out. So here I am. <laughs> Uh, for our listeners in British Columbia, we are thinking about you. It's really nothing to joke about because it's insane yeah. how much forest is burning every hour there. Uh, it, it's a real true life tragedy unfolding here in Canada. But uh, for the people in Kelowna, other than the smoke being really bad, she said the streetlights come on at like 4 or 5 p.m. right now. Because wow. the smoke is so bad. Yeah, I did it's see insane. some images of it. But images never do it justice than when you're right there, I, I'd imagine. So, man, we're thinking about you guys. Last question. You yesterday had quite the rant. We got a lot of DMs about that, about polling. And I do want to point out that it's a big dub for Cat because let's talk about the accuracy of polling. Going into yesterday's provincial election in Nova Scotia, the polls had the liberals coming out with a strong minority government. Instead, it was the exact opposite. It was a strong conservative majority government. Mm -hmm. The polls had it completely backwards. Mm -hmm. So that, and, and I mean, let's face it, the left has really gone out of their way to highlight Ontario Alberta, and other conservative-led provinces throughout the pandemic. They've shit all over the way. The conservatives have run the provinces. Is it really working? Because a, a liberal government in Nova Scotia just got thrown out in favor of a conservative majority. Does that have any implications for the way people are feeling heading into our federal election mm -hmm. in a month and two days? Yeah, that's quite possible. Uh, there is a new poll out, and it has the Liberals at 33% and the Conservatives at 28 The gap is narrowing. But the thing that I think is important to look at that poll, it was an Abascus poll. 5% more Canadians now feel that the country is going in the wrong direction. So while they didn't say we're going to vote Conservative, that's a pretty big jump in a matter of days in the amount of people that say... <laughs> We're going in the wrong direction the way we are right now. Right. Good. It's possible uh, somebody could pull this off and, and not only deny Trudeau his majority, he could be kicked out of office. Yeah. It's possible somebody else could win. Now, I think the jury's still out on who that would be. Jugmeet Singh, Aaron O'Toole, somebody else. I don't know. But it's possible the Liberals could lose this, and this whole thing would backfire on uh, them. Fuck. It all depends on who took the poll that day. Again, don't get me started. There's only one poll. <laughs> I don't know, Kat. I feel like the polls are very accurate yeah, right now. Yeah, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one kind of poll I like, right, Scott? I know, I know. You're a big fan of that poll. Um, <laughs> last but certainly not least, today we celebrate a couple of things that are worth mentioning. It is National Pinot Noir Day. For the wine fans, Ooh, my dad is such a Pinot Noir fan. He fucking loves it. He collects bottles from various regions, and he if I tell him, hey, Dad, today's National Pinot Noir Day, it's like he's been practicing for 364 <laughs> days. Yeah. It's also, if you want a good dinner, go with the days that we're celebrating today. 
Pinot Noir and National Fajita Day. Ooh. Fajitas can be, if you do it right, one of the easiest and healthiest dinner options you can make. You're damn right they are. And there's so many different ways to do it. There's so many different ways to do it. You got the veggies, you're right, it's, it's healthy. You add, add a little protein in there, whether you're a vegetarian and you add a different kind of protein or whether you're not and you add chicken or you add beef. You can do shrimp fajita. Oh, my God, there's so many options. And you don't even necessarily have to use the old traditional tortilla shell for it. You could do lettuce wraps. That's what I love about fajitas, actually. I will tend to serve that if I'm doing dinner parties and I have my um, my brother over this weekend with his wife. It's one of those dishes I always consider because no matter what your diet is or what you're into, there are so many different variations of fajitas. Listen to me going on about fajitas. Fucking love fajitas. But anyway, there's so many different variations of it. So I like that today is fajita day. That's I think I you gave me a dinner idea. That's great. You crazy Mexican bitch. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Lima! Ole! We're out of here, everybody. Have yourselves a good one. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of After 9. The After 9 podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy. Some business news. I saw that Papa John's is bringing back its extra large, extra pepperoni, and extra cheese pizza called the Shacaroni. It's so big, the middle of the pizza box is held up with an actual table. New Zealand just announced it's locking down the entire country over one COVID case. Imagine being that one guy who tested positive. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Kevin. You just had to go to the gym, huh? Couldn't do sit-ups at home? Police officers in Germany recently resuscitated a chihuahua using CPR. Sadly, no one was willing to give mouth-to-mouth to the St. Bernard. <laughs> Former NFL quarterback Jay Cutler was fired last week from an Uber Eats commercial because of his anti-mask stance. So just like a Jay Cutler pass, that gig is totally up for grabs. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.